chapter 10. Hallelujah. We'll begin reading from verse 1 of Luke chapter 10. I want to talk a couple of minutes about being the church. I'm not just saying you're a member of the church, but actually being the church. Amen. The word of the Lord reads as follows. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and he sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Let's stop there a moment. Keep your place. But I just want to highlight two things. Number one, it says the Lord appointed. So this was not something that they decided. God initiated this style or this philosophy of ministry. Then it says here, he sent them two by two. He didn't send one. It was always in a team. And lastly, it says he sent them into every city and place where he was about to go. Knows every place we was about to visit, he sent them first to prepare the atmosphere. Amen. So it was a preparation that needed to take place for visitation of the presence of God. Hallelujah. Got it? So let's read in that context. And he said to them, The harvest truly is great. Say with me, the harvest is great. The harvest is great. So in his eyes, there's a huge harvest. There's not less, there's more. There's a lot in his eyes. Now, we need to see through his eyes. We've been seeing through our eyes. That's not enough. Too many people leaving the church, leaving the church. It's just, you know, nobody cares anymore. No, there's a big harvest. When he's talking about harvest, he's not talking about money. He's not talking about cars. He's talking about people. People that need to hear the word. People that will receive the word. People that are waiting for the word. A large harvest. Then he goes on to say, he says, but the laborers are few. Some people park there and say, you know, it's unfortunate, not enough people in the church to help. You know, the same 20% have got to do everything. It's such a sad thing. No, that's not where God stopped, or rather where Jesus stopped. He said, the laborers are few, <clears throat> so therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. If we pray, they'll come out. If we pray, people will uh, see, oh my God, I'm one of those harvesters. The Lord will open up our eyes. So he didn't say give up just because there's not enough. He said because there's a lot of harvesters and there's not enough activated harvesters, pray and I will activate more for that particular task because that's so important to me. Hey, it's the last thing he said before going back up to heaven. He says, go and disciple all the nations. The last thing a person says before he dies has got to be... <laughs> 
an awesomely important thing. If you had an opportunity, let's say you're 99 years old and your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren are standing around your bed, what are you going to tell them? Are you going to say, oh, I so regret that I didn't get to work more hours at the job. Are you going to say that? Or are you going to say something precious to them? Are you going to say to them, you know, I just want to let you know, I'm going to meet our Heavenly Father now, but I love you. I believe in you. You can make it. Take the teachings I gave you and pass them on to future generations. Love the Lord. Honor Him. Right? You're going to say things that make an eternal impact in their lives. Right? Yeah? You think so? The last thing Jesus said was, take care of the harvest. He said, go and disciple all the nations. He didn't say just disciple only one nation. He didn't say just disciple just us four no more and keep it inside there and stay insular. No, he said, keep on expanding it till you touch the world. Then he said, go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bags, knapsacks, or sandals. Greet no one on the road. Whoever, But whatever house you enter, say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon it. If not, it will return back to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give you. For the, la- for the laborer is worthy of his hire or wages. Do not go from house to house. Remain in that particular house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you and heal the sick there and say to them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. Now let's jump to 17 because they did it. They went to the city. They went into the homes. People did receive them. And you know what happened? Verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Then he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you reveal your word to us, Lord, to our soul, to our spirit man. Lord, let it pass just the intellectual part of of our being may go right into our very heart, O God. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. And amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. So just very briefly, I mentioned the fact that this is God's heart. God initiated this. The Lord Jesus knew that in order to reach the world, there was going to have to be a massive mobilization of people that would go into the homes. Because it's not enough for us just to show up on a Sunday. That's a one-winged bird. Have you ever seen a one-winged bird fly? It takes two wings to fly. You have to have the larger corporate celebration gatherings, but you have to have the home-to-home ministry in order for the church to be effective, in order for us to be the church. Your anointing cannot flow until you activate it by ministering to other people. Your anointing cannot grow until you initially activate it. And our problem is we are keeping the anointing with us because we're coming to church. And for whatever reason, we think that just by coming to church is enough. It's not enough. You're coming to church to join the rest of your brothers and sisters in Christ to receive instruction, 
to celebrate together. Like we were doing, you people are crazy. I saw you a little while ago. You are out of your mind. (laughs) And that's wonderful, but it's not enough. Now, at 3 o'clock on a Sunday morning, if somebody calls you, what are you going to do? You're going to tell them, well, praise God, we had a good time Sunday. You, you, you need to come the next Sunday service. No, you need to activate the anointing right there, and you need to pray for them. You need to go and visit them, lay hands on them, get them healed. Hallelujah. And Jesus was saying, I'm sending you into the most precious part, the most precious domain, into their homes, into their communities. And he said this. He said, Remain in the house. In other words, don't just, just show up. Mr. Super Christian. Hallelujah. God loves you. I'm out of here. No. No. True discipleship means you now connect with that person and you come back the following week. And you keep on calling them. And you keep on encouraging them. And you keep on building them up in the faith. It's not enough just to birth a child. How many of you know that's not the way we do it? We don't birth children and leave them in the hospital room. Daddy and mommy are there waiting eagerly to take the child home so they could begin the journey of a long-term discipleship and mentorship and parenthood. Anybody here ever babysit just for one afternoon? Now imagine babysitting like for 20 years. <laughs> it's a long relationship. It's a lifetime relationship. It's a blessed relationship. Some people, the minute I said babysitting, they went, they went, no more, never again. (laughs) It's not easy, but it's something that needs to be done. A child without a a father and a mother there, without a parent to watch over them and, 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 and feed them and burp them and change their diapers. I got no amens on that one. Some of you remember those diaper days, right? Remember those diaper days? I remember the day I first changed the diaper. When I first changed the diaper. After a while, I was a pro. But the first time, I went, Ew! <laughs> Can I have a clothespin, please? What for? Okay. I could do the job now. <laughs> I don't know what they put in that milk. <laughs> But see, it's, it's necessary because that child cannot do it for himself. Now, how do we think? How in the world do we think that a person can be born in the kingdom of God and suddenly they can run in the Lord? The children, they're the babies in the Lord. They need help. They need the milk, the sincere milk of the word. They need somebody to be there. It's not enough to just show up on a Sunday and receive an encouraging word. It encourages. But you've got to have more. And this is where we, being the church, help to create effective environments for their growth. One of the worst teachings that got into the church, that crept into the church, is that the pastor and his leaders do it all. That's what we pay you, pastor, for. No, you tithe and you give so that the kingdom of God can continue to expand, so that the church could stay open, so that those doors could stay open, so that people in the community could be blessed and have a community church to go to. Hallelujah. Amen. That's not what we're here for. That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here that you can pay me so I could do everything. No. And I've chosen. And this is not right or wrong. It's just I have chosen. I work. I manage a building. So I don't have to depend upon you so that we can continue sowing into the kingdom. I know you'll take care of me if I need to, and I could do a 40-hour thing here. Not 40. More like 60, 70. 
Anybody who knows ministry knows that's the reality of it. But the point is, is I've chosen for this season to, you know, get my salary over there so I could join you and continue to sow so these doors may continue to be open and that we can continue to minister to more and more people. But the reason why uh, we have to get beyond the four walls of the church is how many of you know children do not only eat on Sunday? <laughs> some, of them, some of you that are not children anymore say, I don't eat only on Sunday. Yeah, no. That's right. We, we have to have meals every day. Actually, I think some of you eat more than once a day. <laughs> My clack then said, thank God. Yeah. I think so. I think some of you eat at least twice a day, right? Yeah, but Nate, but you, you, look at you in the front. You're like, ah, ah, ah. You, you need about 5,000 calories just to keep that body up. You know, I understand that. But for the rest of us, you know, I figure, right, healthy three times a day, right? And, of course, some dessert. Not in this church, No. The church of the other community. You got those guys. They eat all the. You, you're, you are amazing. You never have any Twinkies. Only fruits and veggies. I know. I just. I, I'm so amazed at you. I. Still, I don't know how you can do it. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is Almighty God knew that, and Jesus knew that the way the church was going to thrive was that this paradigm had to be put in place. So even before he went up, he gave them practice. And they went there. They went to the homes and they ministered. And I love this. He didn't say, go in there and preach. He said, go in there and create relationships first. And here's where we miss a lot of people. We go right up to them. Uh, you, you need to receive Jesus. If you don't receive Jesus, you're going to die and you're going to go to hell and you're going to burn for eternity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> word for word, right? verbatim. No, I'm serious. We were going for a prayer meeting downtown. Great day. Prayer. I mean, the, the entire city is coming to pray downtown. And here I am. Well, I, I don't know if I have my Bible or not, but I'm on my way to prayer. And this guy's handing out a tract. He says, a tract of the Word of God. He's a Spanish guy. Uh, you know, a tract of the Word. I says, no, no, don't, don't give it to me. I'm, I'm a Christian. And we're going to go to prayer. Give it to somebody that needs it. I don't want you to waste the tract of me. Said, yeah, but Jesus is Lord. I said, yeah, I know. I, I'm a Christian. I'm already saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to be praying. Yeah, but you need to repent and you need to receive Jesus. I went, all right, boy, you are out of order. <laughs> somebody needs to teach you to evangelize, man. You're stuck in the 70s. See, and that, that irritates because they're, they're out there for the right reason, but we can turn off folk if we're not careful. The emphasis of Christ on the cross was, I can't wait to get to heaven because I'm going to shoot you down. <laughs> and sometimes we tend to preach a Christ like that. No, for God so the world. He loved the world that He gave His Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's a love thing. We need to start mentoring and modeling the love of God. So that's what Jesus told us. Go in there and eat with them, sit down and relate with them. You know, the worst thing in the world are Christians that have no relationship um, care. You don't care to relate. Worst thing in the world are Christians who don't get out of their circle. I love God. Hallelujah. But you're staying in here. Meanwhile, people are trying to get in. No, no, no. Get away from me. Get away from me. No, you need to embrace folk. Hallelujah. And sometimes entire churches do that. 
It's like a hidden sign, like an invisible sign that says, church chairs are filled. We do not need anybody else here. And people will show up to the church and say, oh, God bless you. Hallelujah, we love the Lord. Hallelujah, who's that? Why, are, why, why is he in Sister Susie's church on a seat? Who's that person? The other day, I forgot who told me. I forgot who it was. Somebody went to church. And the lady came up to her and said, you're in my seat. And she was a visitor, a guest. Oh, oh, you're not getting it. Imagine you're in church and somebody tells you, stand up, get out of here, you're in my chair. Well, think about that. How insular can we be? How airhead, airheaded can we be? I said, is your chair? All right, that's cool. Little kerosene. Little Mac. Take your chair. That's it. I'm going back. <laughs> Just joking. Do not do that. No, we're supposed to welcome. So Jesus said, go into the house, relate, have a great time with them, find out all about them. Then it said here, eat with them. Then it says, then heal their sick. Didn't say preach right away. Go in there, find out their needs. You know, any salesman will come to you, good salesman I'm saying, and they'll start asking you questions right away. I went to buy four shirts yesterday. I need four shirts for work. So one day he says, hi, what's your name? My name is Victor. Victor, where are you from? He says, I'm, I'm from New York. New York, hmm, you look like a New York guy. Wow, yeah, that's good. What do you need? How can I help you? Just on and on. So I says, I'm just looking for some shirts. Yeah, but what type of shirts? And he's, he's following me, you know. By now I want to go, get away, get away from me. <laughs> I hate that. Have you ever gone to stores and all you want to do is, is peruse? You just want to touch, the, you know, it's just an experience. You know, it's a spiritual thing. You just want to touch the stuff. I don't want people behind me saying, well, how can I help you? Well, you need this, you need that. You need... Am I the only one? And this guy just practically irritated me to no end, and, but he wouldn't let go. It was, like a, it was like a pit bull, you know, I'm like dragging the pit bull. <laughs> but he got the sale. He got the sale. I bought the four shirts, the four shirts that I needed. It was good. Now I will wear the four, the four shirts. Salesmen will ask questions. Say to your neighbor, it's time to learn how to ask questions. The worst thing in the world for you to start relationships is to just be always talking about yourself. Oh, yeah, I have a tough life. I have this. I have Dave Articulitis. And I have the big Arthur, the big arthritis. You know, I got bunions and corns on my toes. I mean, people don't want to hear about that. They don't care about your bunions and your corns. You know, honestly, they want you to listen. So, so tell your neighbor, learn to listen, please. All we do is talking about ourselves, talking about our job, criticizing everything, and the person's sitting there. And then when you know you finish, it's yeah, that's my testimony. You want to receive Christ? Receive Christ? I want to get out of this conversation. We've got to listen. And these people, they sat there, they listened, they found out the ills that they were experiencing, their challenges, and then they prayed for them. Like Jesus told them, they prayed and, and they, they loved on them. And then finally they told them, by the way, you see all of this atmosphere? You see the peace? You see the healing? He said, the kingdom of God has come to you. I just want to talk to you about the love 
of Almighty God. And by the time you've ministered to them, by the time you've opened up with them and, and you shared your heart with them, that's when they'll be able to receive the gospel message. How many of us are doing that? How many of us are actively seeking to heal others? Actively seeking, going to homes and being a blessing. How many of you are actively bringing people to the church because you already ministered to them, you already prayed for them, you already sat and ate with them or invited them to your home and actively ministered to them and now you're bringing them to the celebration time so we could praise God together. It's high time. The Spirit of God has a sense of urgency uh, and, and, and He's speaking to us about this. He's letting us know there's no time to play. A lot of people, and especially young folk, they're being attacked like never before. I mean, I know there's always been bullying, but now we're starting to see exactly some of the things that they have to deal with. It grieves my heart. I mean, even my children, maybe there were some things they went through that I wasn't aware of. My God. So you've got to pray for our our young folk, minister to them, and they need to receive God's love, and, and, and they need to receive this revelation and bring it to others that are, you know, might be cutting themselves, might be ready to kill themselves. My God. We need to share the love of Christ. But it's interesting. Look, look what Jesus said in verse 17. When they returned, they were excited. Wow, we cast out devils. The devils, they listened to us. They were subject in our name. And, and, and Jesus said, listen, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. However, let not the emphasis in verse 20, let not the emphasis or your rejoicing be in that, that you have power. Yes, we have power. Okay, I'm supposed to be preaching in Spanish. Señor, aún los demonios se nos sujetan en tu nombre. Yo, Mike, man, we got to talk. Oh, man, thank you. You're the man. You are the man. Lo puede leer. Muy bien, muy bien. Estamos hablando aquí del gozo de Jehová. Amen. Gloria a Dios. Pues un placer usted, usted está con nosotros. Wow. Okay. Ah, pues, varón. He just said a mouthful. He said, I don't feel at home in other places, so that breaks my heart, man. But at the same time, it gives me joy that we're here. Bueno, varón, eres bienvenido. Bienvenido. Esta es su casa. This is your house. My God. Blows me away. Well, look what Jesus says. Jesus says, let not the emphasis be on the fact that demons are subject to your name. Here's what I have a problem with. Many Christians, and some of you too, get caught up with the power gifts. There's a great eloquent preacher, and this man of God can preach. He'll preach to a chair, and the chair will walk to the pulpit and get saved. (laughs) I mean, that's how much power... Amen. They're walking around. You say, how you doing? I'm, how do, I'm doing fine. Hallelujah. You know, powerful people. And me, oh, I felt that. <laughs> Having said that, are you aware that you can have a charisma and a power that will take you where your character can't keep you? Many times people will celebrate your gift and not realize that you don't have a character that will have a respect in the spirit realm. So I don't get impressed today very easily just by gifts. 
or by the power that comes forth. Because there's many immature Christians that have power in the Holy Ghost. But then when you hang out with them long enough, you realize they've got no character. The Corinthian church had a lot of power gifts. But Paul had to go and rebuke them because there was a guy in the church having a a relationship with his mother-in-law. So he had to rebuke them. And there were others that was, well, I belong to Paul. Well, I belong to Cephas. Well, I belong. And they they were having divisions within the church. And Paul had to come in. He said, even though you have gifts, let me teach you about this. Jesus was saying, yes, I give you the power, but don't celebrate that. Let your celebration be that your name is written in heaven. The Bible says many in that day, those that have said, Lord, Lord, shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. But Father, we prophesied in your name. We preached in your name. And he said, I never knew you. I never knew you. My God, that's horrible. They operated in power. They operated in gifts. But yet they didn't really have that relationship with the Lord. Their name really wasn't, wasn't written in the kingdom of heaven. You know, I saw not so long ago. I might have shared it here a couple of months ago. There was this guy that actually had the nerve. He had all the movement. Very dynamic, charismatic, young preacher. And it's in, um, what, what, what do you call that? Uh, YouTube. I saw it in YouTube. And a guy's preaching. He says, you know, God's restoring miracles. Then he takes a cup of water, which he had put neatly in a place over there. And he had put a chemical inside of it. So that he says, you know, God is still turning water into wine. So he took it and then he poured from a regular bottle. or Actually, it wasn't a regular bottle. One of his guys bought the bottle. And he poured it into this half full glass and suddenly it turned red. And then he went, oh, glory to God. He didn't drink it. So I'm wondering why he didn't drink it. And he was celebrating that and making a big deal. And all the people jumping up and down because they saw water turned into wine. Listen, this is, this is what you call a charlatan. It's parlor tricks. And it grieves my heart because we put gifts above a true relationship with Almighty God. So people be very careful. Just because a guy is charismatic or a woman is charismatic don't mean necessarily that God is working through them. I would be very careful of people prophesying over you. I would be very careful of, of people hear the Lord says because sometimes the Lord's really not saying. You test every spirit. Make sure you know the word of God. If somebody tells you something immediately, if you're not sure about it, bring it to the elders. Bring it to the leaders. Bring it to the deacons. Somebody, you know, just bounce it off. To see whether it be God or not. Hallelujah. Jesus said, rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Very important. I'd much rather be a boring church that is not flowing in all the gifts and stuff like that. But have a church full of people of character. Because that's what God honors. Do you have character in the presence of God? Let me just share this as I'm closing. Larry Stockstill, I don't know if you know him, he's a pastor in in the Midwest. He said that the Lord told him not so long ago that the church was not prepared for either harvest or hostility. And both were coming. 
that the church was not prepared for neither harvest nor hostility. Okay, why hostility? Very good question. We know what the harvest is, right? What happens is suddenly 2,000 people show up in this church. Can we take care of them? And the answer right now, in our current state, no. We cannot take care of 2,000 people. We have to build an infrastructure. We have to be believing for 2,000 people, expecting 2,000 people, training to take care of 2,000 people. We have to change our leadership paradigm in order to minister to 2,000 people. So we're not ready for it yet. Hostility is, what happens if tomorrow the government says, what you guys are preaching is illegal, shut the doors down. Are we prepared for that type of hostility? Persecution. Exactly. More and more churches right now are being attacked. People are coming into local houses, attacking them. Gunmen coming in and shooting. Because there's such a confusion out there, such fear, and the enemy is angry and trying to get back at the people of God. He knows he has a short time. Are we ready for this? The Lord told Larry Stockstill, we're not ready for harvest nor for hostility. Another church in, uh, I want to say, in Ethiopia, they had 5,000 members. And suddenly all of their buildings were confiscated. All the leaders were imprisoned. And the people were forbidden to meet. Well, what if that would happen suddenly? Are you aware right now that there are hate crimes that have already been enacted into law that make a part of our Bible illegal? We no longer have the right to preach whatever we want. Or not what we want, but what the Bible says. Some parts of the Bible, they're not enforcing it just yet, but it's already law. It's getting worse. So they shut these people down. But you know what happened? The church in that region, they went underground and they met in cell or small groups. They met in their homes. They didn't disband. What they did is they adjusted the way they meet. And they went to their homes and they had small group meetings. En vez de tener la iglesia en el santuario aquí, se fueron a los hogares y se reunieron allí en los hogares. They met in the homes instead of the sanctuary where we're trained. This is the house of the Lord. This is where God is. Uh, excuse me. God is in your heart. When you came here, you brought the Holy Ghost with you. You know what happened? Several years later, when the communist government was overthrown and the church came out of hiding, they had 50,000 members. Well, I, I got no amens on that one. See what happens? That's when the church grows, when everybody activates their life, their gifting. In China, same thing is happening. We think the largest churches are here in the United States? Wow, have you ever been to Joel Osteen's church? Joel Osteen's church is big, and they love you over there. The pastor himself tells you every day, we love you. Right? They have 37,000 members. Wow. They have a stadium. The ceiling actually worships together with them. Yeah, it does. It does. Depending on the atmosphere, the whole ceiling tur turns colors. You've been there? Yeah, it's, 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 it's huge. It's amazing. The technology connected with their worship, with their live worship. 37,000 members. TDJ's church has like about 32 or 34,000 members. Wow, large, isn't that? It's, how about a million members? 
In China, they have a church that has a million. Corey, I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. That's why I've married this lady for 32 years. I've been married to this lady, and she's been correcting me for all 32 years. <laughs> thank you, honey. And you know what's the terrible thing about it? Most of the time, she's right. So, a million members. Oh, wow. Amazing. How about um, in Colombia? 300 to 400,000 member church. How? They meet in their homes. That's it. That's the key. Everybody activates the gift. You are more powerful than you realize. You are more anointed than you realize. Our problem is we don't activate our gift. And we're sinning before the Lord in doing that. Because people are depending upon you. The anointing wasn't deposited upon you so you could just jump up and down on Sunday. The anointing was deposited upon you so you could help get people delivered, set free, encouraged, uplifted, ministered to, that they could grow spiritually, that they could become leaders also. They could be discipled. So in the coming days, we've got a lot of work to do. I'm meeting with the leadership shortly. We're going to be, we're going to, see, que quiere decir? You know what he said? He said, I'm sorry to stop, interrupt, and I don't mind because you know me, I'm interactive. You know what he said? Something very interesting. He said, wherever he goes, demons attack him a lot. Isn't that the perfect thing for him to be here and share that? Because we can help. See, all he needs to know and we need to teach him is that greater is he that is in him than he that is in the world. La Biblia dice que mayor es el que está en usted que el que está en el mundo. Entonces, más luego, le vamos a enseñar varios versos y vamos a orar con usted. Porque hoy, usted tiene la victoria. Today, you have the victory. The church needs to be an open door for people to receive the gospel. We're not a bless me club. We're not a hangout center. We're a place of deliverance. And this wasn't set up. I mean, this man, I saw the guys praying for him last week. So it's, it's, it's us actively touching the community. Now, if we could touch one, imagine if we could touch ten. What if we could touch a hundred? What if we could touch a thousand? Do you think God's heart would be gladdened in the process? Actually, wasn't that what Jesus died for on the cross? Amen. Bow your heads with me. That's his purpose. For this purpose I came, he said. The Son of Man was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Great verse. Great verse, minister. Absolutely. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your kindness, your love. We thank you, Lord, for such an awesome atmosphere in this place. And Lord, we thank you for the gifts. We thank you uh, for the joy of the Lord. But today we are reminded, we thank you that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So Father, I pray for each and every person that is here. May that be their revelation today. May we be able to introspect 
so that we might be able to see our relationship, our current relationship with you. And Lord, let them see clearly any steps they might need to take. Because Father, in essence, when, you, when Jesus died on the cross, it was a gift to mankind. So teach us how to be able to receive that gift. We know how to receive gifts in the natural from our family members, from our friends. But Lord, just show us how to just simply receive from you. Simply to accept the love that you have for us. Instead of feeling that we have to earn it all the time. Instead of feeling that we're not worthy. Instead of feeling that you love the world but you can't love us because we're too, we're too bad. We've made too many mistakes. We're not worthy. I pray that your glory would manifest in the hearts and minds of each and every person here. We'll be careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand in the presence of God. And I'm going to close the service. But I'm going to open up the altar. And I would like to invite those that would desire prayer right now. If you need to um, deal with the issue of your relationship with God. If you need us to help you to pray with that. We'll be here with you. I'm going to ask for uh, the ministers, the deacons to come up. And uh, get ready to pray. If you need healing, you just need a, you know, a, a touch in your heart, I'm going to open up the altar. But I'm going to close the service so that you may be able to go to your places of uh, fellowship. Maybe you're going to have dinner with your family. I want to release you to do that. Uh, maybe you want to go fellowship downstairs. Uh, Vera has some nice coffee and tea and, and, and cakes and different nice, nice things that you could uh, sit down and fellowship and also fill the belly. But if you want prayer, please feel free to come up after I finish the prayer. But one thing I ask, please keep the conversation down in the sanctuary so that we might be able to minister effectively. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you once again for your kindness. We ask for your continued blessing upon your people. And Lord, I pray that you would even show us the opportunities throughout the week that you'll be giving us that we might be able to Share your love and fellowship with others in their homes. And even open up our homes and invite others to fellowship with us. And to develop relationships with them. And to be able to share the love of God with them. And share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, grant us boldness to be able to do so. That every Sunday when we come to the larger corporate celebration gathering. That we might be able to bring those that we minister to during the week that they too might be able to fellowship with their new extended family in Christ. So I pray your divine protection and favor upon each and every person here. And I dismiss your people now, giving you all the glory, the honor, and praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Remember, you are blessed and highly favored.